Snap Studios. Snap Judgment Studios. When the demons name their king, the angels all rebelled to sing, and all the dark they bathed in light. So half is day, and half is night. You're listening to Spooked. Stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. From KQED and PRX, you've crossed over to Spooked. So back in the day, for a few years, I just kind of wandered all over the world, doing part-time jobs, sleeping on friends' couches. I didn't know what I was looking for. Didn't have a lot of money for lunch or the train fare or whatever. But still, I always allowed myself one splurge. Books. I love books. I do. The smell, the bindings, the stories, the knowledge. I've purchased Buddhist texts in Korea. Books on flower arranging. Stacks, stacks of classic science fiction and fantasy. I bought books in Braille. And I can see just fine. I just like touching them. New books, old books, whole collections from a Japanese flea market. A secret, forbidden book chronicling the political history of Malaysia. Collected notes of Charles Darwin, slave journals. In Taiwan, I find an Egypt Chinese volume detailing the acupuncture meridians of the body in extraordinary detail. It was last printed over a hundred years ago. And because I don't have a home or whatever... I pack these treasures away. I send them to my mama's place in Grand Rapids, Michigan for safekeeping. Hundreds of books, each one with their own story of how they were bought, bartered, bet, or traded for. And they're packed away as gifts to an older me because I have a vision for I am content, happy, gray-haired, wandering through a library of my own creation, reading sometimes by myself, sometimes out loud to my loved ones. And I see this place. I see this clearly as I see my own hands. I know that someday I want my children, my children's children, their children in turn to know they can walk through many worlds. They can press through time and space if they learn to love these books as much as I do. And one day I'm sitting, eating an apple, minding my own business when I get a call from my mama. She's a deeply religious woman. Son, me and the ladies, we got to divine it. 
And the church ladies, I hear him in the background clapping and praying. Divine it. That's right. He says, the devil, the devil, up in my house. Hmm. The devil, huh? Really? That's right. The devil in my home, walking around on my clean kitchen floor. We follow his clothing hooves right through the house, over the rug, down the stairs, to see from which the evil sprang. Mm-hmm. And do you know what we discover right on top of your pile of paper, mama, mother, satanic verses. Satanic verses. How you gonna bring the verses of the devil into my Christian home? Mom, um, satanic verses is, is not what you think it is. It's a book by Simon Rushdie, and he wrote, I know what the verses of Satan are, boy. And your satanic verses are gonna burn just like the rest of these books. Mama, 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 leave my books alone. You can have Satanic Verses. Thank you. I don't even like that book, but just leave everything else alone. It's got the same taint. It's going to burn the same holy fire. I just thought I'd let you know. Mama, leave my books alone. Goodbye, son. Mother. Mother. Mama. Mother. I call back. I call back again and again, and then I'm, it's like I'm standing. I'm standing in the middle of this vision of my beautiful library. As it burst into flame, I feel the heat on my skin. The smoke burns my eyes. I don't call her anymore. I don't wonder if she did it. I can almost hear her Satan laughing. Laughing. And then, after a good long while, I start laughing too. Spook stuff. to us from the other side of the world, Durban, South Africa, where Austin Francis and his dad, they're close, they're tight, and Austin's dad, he's the real adventurous type, not afraid of anything. Austin wants to be just like him, but he's about to learn how much there is to be scared of in this world. Spooked. My Dad was basically a very strong man. He was an oak. He was the strength of our family.
he loved birds he loved wild birds of south africa and he used to go out collecting birds in the sense trapping them swapping them out with his friends in the bird club that was his passion his birds he built himself a massive aviary it was in the backyard a, a massive walk through aviary and he used to go out like 4 a.m. just to catch the first flock of birds that's coming in to feed on a grassland or on a farmer's patch. I only went to do this with my dad one time and I think I must have been 10 or 11 years old. It was cool going with my dad out in the dark and not knowing where we're going. I knew we were going to catch birds, but I never knew the destination. He knew exactly where to park, which fence to cross, how far in into the field he would go and perch, wait, set up his bird cages. He was just running back and forth, removing the birds from the trap, putting them in another cage. and we waited and it went on until we had like about two cages full of wild yellow-eyed finches it was an adventure for me it was a little boy's adventure hey we out here in the countryside and and we doing cowboy stuff i think you know and of course i enjoyed it uh, i was enjoying the uh, the darkness and, and and i love the stars it was amazing until first light and then i realized i was in someone's farm It was a ginger farm and when you dug your hands into the ground you could pick up ginger roots and at first light I realized that we were illegally on someone's farm catching birds. You know, so that, that was my dad. He'd go all out for his birds. he would cross a river just to set up his trap cages to catch birds that's how he was when i was about 23 my dad used to have these nightshades and our house was basically silent nobody snored and uh, it was a quiet house <laughs> and then my dad would scream yell 
and that you know shake the house up and we'd all jump out of bed to see what's going on and he'd be yelling in his sleep it scared both myself and my sibling they were like horrified what's wrong with dad is is he ill or or why is he screaming like this and it went on for a while uh, and he never spoke of it it sort of bugged me because i needed to know what the hell was going on the fact that i wanted to know it lingered in my mind all the time but in an indian household it was just taboo for for kids to ask the adult question you know Fridays, Saturdays and Sundays were leisure days for me, myself and my friend. We'd go out clubbing. We used to club a lot. One night, I came home just after one in the morning. I fell asleep. and i heard my dad uh, yelling he started screaming and yelling his screams were fearful as if he was being harmed or he was afraid of something i sensed that something was was terribly wrong it was not just a, a bad dream something was disturbing and i thought i should stand up for him i usually sleep with a pocket bible on my bed my hand reached instinctively for the bible and it was like you are go i'm on this mission to confront whatever or whoever was hurting my dad It's like I knew what I needed to do without thinking about it. I stepped out of my room. What caught my my eye was a green luminous light that was coming from the lounge. I take two steps into the living room and on my right perched within the light was this creature He was a big guy. He was a big muscular guy. He had the body of a man, but his face was was that of of a beast. Pointy ears, he had pointy ears, yellowish teeth, sharp teeth. His eyes were yellowish with red outlining. He had green scaly skin you could clearly see his scaly skin. He had long dusty nails and he had a goldish bracelet on from his shoulder to his elbow a full long bracelet. It had some kind of engravings on it. 
there were little twirly kind of stuff that was on that bracelet which I could not identify. I could see his breath. If the lounge was so cold, it was a summer night. The house was not cold. We didn't have any air conditioning. The, the lounge was cold because of him. And when I stepped into that living room, uh, I caught his attention and he stared me down from head to toe and, and looked at me. I had the Bible clutched in my right hand and to my side. And then he looked at the direction of where my dad was sleeping. Through the wall that divided the living room from my dad's bedroom. And when he stared in that direction, my dad began to yell and scream. Support for Snap Judgment presents Spooked comes from Odoo. Tired of relying on disconnected software to manage your business? Then you need Odoo. Odoo is an all-in-one management platform with a suite of user-friendly applications designed to simplify and connect every aspect of your company in one easy-to-use software so you can get more done in less time. To learn more, visit odoo.com slash spooked. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash spooked. Odoo, because amazing employees deserve amazing software. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And we keep them bottled up. It can start to affect us in ways we don't expect. How we treat our family, our friends. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com. Dot com slash Glenn today to get 10% off your first month. That's better help. H E L P dot com slash G L Y N N. In my normal state of mind, I would have brought the house down, you know, I would have sworn Jewish languages my mom would hate. But that night felt different. I was so cool, collective, and knew that I had to do this. In order for me to get to him, I had to pass a, a couch that was between us, a long couch, and I walked around the couch to approach where he was. He stopped and looked at me. And he started to snarl and grimace the much away a wild animal that, that was cornered by hunters or something would snarl to threaten you as if I'd hurt you, I'd kill you or I would attack you. I stopped halfway 
He probably thought that I'm no threat to him and he continued to uh, stare to his left uh, at the wall where my dad was sleeping. It was as though he could see my dad through that wall. And when he did that, my dad instantly yelled all over again. To think that something like this does, was affecting my dad, my hero, you know, I, I was, I was upset. I was livid. I had to take that thing on. I continued towards him, and I walked around the couch. No qualms about it. I walked straight up to him. And I looked at him straight in the eye. He snarled at me as if uh, in, in a threatening manner, and showed me his ugly teeth. And I didn't care, because I was willing to sacrifice myself for my dad. I just stated I plead the blood of Jesus. and i touched him on on his thigh with the bible i heard a singe you know much where you take a hot iron and and mark a cow or something and it singed and it 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 yelped as if in pain and the lights gradually closed in on him sucked him in and shut that was it he was gone my dad stopped screaming i walked to my dad's room and he was quiet and i placed the bible on his side pedestal and i just touched his forehead to see if he was okay my dad slept soundly he was he was fine i felt immediate change in our lives cuz if if my dad is fine everything is good we, we we're good and i went off to my room i slept like a baby and uh, woke up the next morning in shock like what just happened my dad was having breakfast at around 9 a.m. or so and i walked up to him and said dad are you okay he said yeah what happened this morning last night and then he says uh, son every night there's this green guy that's sitting on my chest and squeezing my throat and i finished off his his statement and said uh green guy pointy ears gold bracelet on his arm and my dad's jaw dropped and he said what and i said 
that I confronted him this morning. And he left his breakfast. He said, "Let's go to my room." He said, "Get me my diary from the from the book stand." He opened his diary and he said, "This guy." And I said, "Yeah, that's him." my dad has been making sketches of him every time he had confrontation or nightmares he would sketch him at first they were rough sketches my dad was was just trying to remember what what this demon looked like and he would sketch you know make wild sketches i was in awe and uh, i looked at the sketches rather in in depth He did a sketch of the demon with a bird on the left hand side f- flying away flying off and then there's this like three more or four more sketches of the demon and the sketches were getting closer each day until his final sketch the final sketch of the demon was like sort of a bust version just the shoulders and chest you could see his pointy ears a sharp teeth and and his and its eyes the demonic looking eyes and I tapped my finger on his diary and I said that's him he said just that's him that was him my dad was he stood there in shock in, in total shock he, he never thought that i uh, or anyone else would would have experienced this thing and uh, i said dad he won't be bothering you anymore i was quite confident in myself and uh, it was it was a real really good good feeling The next day my mom decided to call the pastor over to shed some light on the incident. I gave him the entire rundown and he listened uh, carefully and his conclusion was that that the holy spirit came over me to protect my dad which explains why I was so calm. and uh, i did not freak out in any way and why i clutched the bible it sounded a bit corny to me it wasn't what i wanted to hear his explanation didn't didn't quite gel with me this was something that i was uh, i was waiting for and all this while that my dad was having the night terrors i it it, it grew on me it, it stayed on my mind that i need to know who or what is bothering my dad and and i and i wanted to get to the bottom of it however he said this in closing when it's my time the same demon would come for me when i'm at my weak point or when it's time when it's my time to go 
crossover of demon would be there to take me. That was it. And he prayed. He prayed for my dad. And he prayed for the family. And uh, he was gone. The demon, it never came back. My dad totally stopped screaming and he was at peace afterwards. I know it never worried my dad again. But I feel that although that he didn't return, he may have had a dire effect. My dad was soon after diagnosed with cancer and it was in the last stages and it was too late for treatment and uh, he soon passed on afterwards. I was raised Catholic, but my grandparents, my dad's mom and dad were, were Hindus. The tradition in Hindu culture is whereby the priests would do an exorcism on, on someone that, that, that's possessed or remove demons from homes and release the demon into the rivers. Away from basically civilization, from houses and stuff like that, they would go off to a far river and, and release the demons into, into the river. And my dad used to, uh, those were his places to, to catch his wild birds. And I would assume that this is where this thing latched onto my dad. Perhaps the demon knew that my dad had a weakness and decided to attack him because he probably knew that my dad was dying. My dad never knew this. We never knew this until he got really sick. I acquired a job uh, out of the province and I had to move. I was in my own place. It was two months later and I went back to the house after my dad's passing. I was hurting inside because the, there were empty spaces in that house because he was not there. and it, it felt hollow, it felt quiet. And I stared into his bedroom and just realized that, you know, he's not around anymore. I walked to the lounge and I think secretly I I called out to that demon, you know, as if, are you still around? Are you hiding from me? Did I defeat you? Did you take my dad? I still go to the house and uh, I spend some nights in the lounge, you know. I bunk on the couch sometimes just to see, to get in touch or know. I I, I think that's my one wish uh, is to face him head on again. If I were to see him, experience him, or sense him in some way, I would definitely take him on. I promise you that.
Thank you, Austin, for sharing your story with the Spooked. There was no score. For that piece was by Leon Morimoto. It was produced by Zoe Ferrigno. Winds blow, we walk this path together. Spook season six, be afraid. If you have a story of your own battle against the darkness, I need to know it. I need to know it right away, quick, in a hurry. Email us spooked at snapjudgment.org. There is nothing better than a spook story from a spook listener. Let us know spooked at snapjudgment.org. Yes, you can get spook gear at snapjudgment.org. And remember, If you like your storytelling under the bright light of day, get the amazing, the stupendous, the Snap Judgment podcast. It might just change your life. It's storytelling with a beat. This book was created by the team that would never burn a book, except, except for maybe Mark Ristich. Because he roasts marshmallows over flaming library books. He does. I've seen him do it. There's Anna Sussman, Eliza Smith, their chief spookster, Chris Hambrick, Annie Nguyen, Lauren Newsom, Leon Morimoto, Renzo Gorio, Teo Ducat, Davey Kim, Bo Walsh, Marissa Dodge, Zoe Ferrigno, Tiffany DeLisa, Ann Ford, and Doug Stewart. The spook theme song is by Pat Masidi Miller. My name is Lynn Washington. And sometimes... You just have to trust yourself. There's no need to ask around to see what someone else thinks. If you feel the icy hand on the back of your neck, friend, run. Neither do you have to explain why you do what you do. Let them understand that in your house, you will never, ever, never, ever, never, ever, never, ever turn out. The lights. This story was summoned in the dark of night by KQED and PRX.